Hello, you're listening to The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast that's all about looking at life through the eyes of parents. We like to talk about topics, small and large. Today, that's how you talk to anti-vaxxers, whether restaurants should be banning iPhones for kids, and the biggest threat you've ever thrown at your kids. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like parenting is a good antidote to my anal retentiveness. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Our two parents today are Holly Wainwright, Mamma Mia's head of content and co-host of the podcast, This Glorious Mess, mother of two, a boy and a girl. Hello, Holly. How are you? I'm great, Siobhan. I'm great. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and comedian Merrick Watts, father of two, also a boy and a girl. Welcome. Great to be here. Great to be invited back. Oh, we will <laughs> always have both of you back. Uh, like unusual um, experiences and being invited back is one of them. So, thank you. <laughs> How are you both? It's yeah, been a good. Good. Yeah, great. Everybody's back at school. Life's a little bit more normal. Yeah, how good is it when kids go back to school? <laughs> I mean, I love them when they're out of school for the first few weeks and then you, you go, hang on a second, why am I paying fees for them to be at home now? Go back to school. <laughs> get get out of here. <laughs> All right, first up today, we're talking about banning iPhones for kids in restaurants. Kids today, it, it, it's, it's basically an iPhone. You took away my cell phone, so I took away something you love. And no texting at the dinner table. A restaurant in Canterbury, Sydney called Pazar Food Collective has banned the use of iPhones and iPads. Owner Attila Yilmaz, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, says colouring books are banned as well because he wants to encourage children to speak with their parents at the table. He's also a father of two and Yilmaz told Fairfax that, and I quote, my children always say no to colouring books when the waiter comes and asks, and we never use iOS devices when we go out. He said, they don't want the colouring book. They would rather sit there and talk about the food. I, I said that in a certain tone, didn't I, Holly? Um, do you think this owner has a point, or should, um, should restaurants be getting families to talk more? If colouring books were banned in any of the places I took my children to, I would not have eaten outside of my home in nine years. Yep. I mean, I can't, I can't. I know people have very strong opinions about kids on iPhones and iPads in restaurants. And personally, although I can see their point, I think it's incredibly judgy. They don't know that that isn't the only time that that kid gets to look at that phone. But colouring books, come on. Do you want my kid to be running around shouting? I'm sure you don't. Do you want, Basically, you, you either don't want them to be there or you want them to be silent. Colouring books in restaurants are a gift. And devices themselves, anything that distracts the kids is actually better for the patrons, not just for the parents. It's better for the patrons. It's better for everyone. And as an as a owner of a restaurant, he has, I think he's trying to parent other people's children and that is fraught with danger. He should just stick to serving food and having happy customers because that's what he's, <laughs> that's his business. And if and the happy customers are going to be the parents whose children are on devices. My children don't, they have very, very limited uh, time on devices uh, sometimes at home, but we, we keep an eye on it and we monitor it. Uh, but as soon as we go out to a restaurant, kids, you can have whatever you like. Yes, I swear exactly. to God, I don't care. It's good because for your relationship. If you want a flick hard. knife, you can have a flick knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Play. Anything but a loaded gun. Play with the steak knife for sure. This is the thing is that relationships are also important, right? And parents, if they're going out together, need to talk or catching up with your friends and you need to talk. And if you have to hand your child a phone for that to happen for 20 minutes, I think that probably the mental health benefits for the parents are more important than yeah. whether or not people are looking at you and being a little bit sniffy. Because we still eat really quickly, don't you find, as a parent, even though you may have more time to eat, yep. you still guzzle it down because you just don't know how long you've got. But you see, at my, in my house, devices for all of us are absolutely banned during mealtimes. We yes. always sit together. We always eat together. No one leaves until everyone's finished, which is an archaic rule that my parents inflicted I love on that me. rule. But it works really, really well. Mm. And But we break that rule when we go out. Mm. So the kids understand also too, mum and dad are actually entitled to have a little bit of peace and quiet. And for us to have a conversation without them and for us to drink excessively, I mean, to <laughs> enjoy food. Do you think also how you mentioned, Merrick, that uh, he's kind of designing a restaurant and telling other parents to parent that he, he might actually become this magnet for parents who really abide by that strict, no screens. No. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what families end up I think there. he basically doesn't want children in his restaurant. That's and a, maybe he's mm. not can't say that. So he's just raising the bar to a level that's so ridiculous <laughs> yes. because whose child is going to sit there and happily eat their nouvelle cuisine? And talk about it. Exactly. And have a polite conversation and not irritate anybody with no distractions. Yeah. Unlikely. Well, that's there we go. Yeah. The defeat. Okay. He's wrong. It's a restaurant, not a Steiner school. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, we're talking about threatening kids and whether or not it works for you. No one wants to confess, huh? No? That's fine, because you know what happens next? We cancel Christmas. Phil has a habit of making big pronouncements to the kids. <laughs> One time I told Luke that if he didn't put his dirty dishes in the dishwasher, we would put them in his bed. We had no more dishes, so we were eating cereal out of the goldfish bowl. Ah, Phil Dumphy, the daggy dad from Modern Family. He's goofy, sweet, and totally relatable. Um, following through is something that comes up a lot on the show. There's one episode where Phil threatens that he will cancel Christmas if his children don't up to who don't own up to who damaged their lounge. They basically think someone was smoking and put a hole in the lounge, and chaos ensues. Merrick, have you ever threatened something major? Yeah, and followed through. Yeah. And it's been to my own detriment. So, I mean, I, I, lo I love a, um, a hollow threat at the best of times. <laughs> I mean, seriously, around my house, just anything. I would say that. Cancel Christmas. Yes. Cancel Christmas. Put your shoes away. Oh, and a second day. Well, I'm cancelling Christmas. That's it. I would go straight to DEFCON 5. But uh, years ago, we were on a road trip and we are probably about 100 kilometers away from uh, Halls Creek in Victoria. So really super remote. No towns. Literally just paddocks and paddocks and paddocks for probably 50 kilometers in any direction. And the kids were driving me mad in the back seat and they were bickering and bickering. And we gave them warnings. And then I just said, if you two don't stop, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to walk off into the bush. And they, <laughs> they, 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 they flicked my trigger and I've slammed on the brakes, pulled the car over on the side of the road and just walked off into the distance like Peter Sells and being there. I just walked off. <laughs> and then I, I walked so far, I crossed over a barbed wire fence. And then I was standing at a tree in snake infested <laughs> brown snake country, just completely remote. And I just went, what am I doing? And I sat on a log and I was almost in tears. I went, they've won. 
And they're just looking at me because I'm like miles away in a paddock. And I went, that was dumb. I can't go any further. I'll get killed by a snake. So I had to walk of shame back to the car and then explain to the kids I was only kind of, next time, next time dad's going to walk out into the ocean. So you've got to be careful. Oh, I think if, if, you, if you make a threat, you've got to be prepared to go through Weren't with it. Weren't they a bit scared though? By the no, time you came back? No, they were literally, and they're quite young. They're just going, why is dad walking into a paddock? <laughs> I bet there's snakes out there. He's not very clever. He'll be oh. back in a minute. And I was. But I feel like you followed through there. I still give you respect for actually stopping the car and giving it a shot. I am always, I'm also the queen of the hollow threat. So I'm always, that birthday party that I've already planned, invited everybody to, cooked everything. I'm going to cancel that tomorrow if you don't do. And they just look at me like, no, you're not. But you would have seen me following through on a threat if you lived in my neighborhood last week. Not a big one, but a small one where I always, I pick my kids up on a Friday afternoon and on the walk home, I was buying them an ice cream. Friday afternoon treat, right? My little boy had been naughty at school. The teacher had had to have a word with me. So uh, no ice cream for you, son. I thought I was that was pretty obvious, right? Mm. No ice cream for you. Who do you blame, though, the child or the parent? <laughs> I mean. Well, you're about to find out. So <laughs> on the way home, we stop at the petrol, the servo to get the ice creams. And, of course, I buy one for Matilda because I really yes. want to make the point. So my daughter gets one. My son yep. does not. How do you think he reacted to that? He absolutely lost his mind. And anyone did. who lives in a five-kilometer radius of me would have heard a child being <laughs> tortured in the middle of a service station um, driving driveway on Friday afternoon, blocking all the cars that couldn't come in or out, just standing there going, I'm not leaving till I get my ice cream. Yeah. Yes. I stood strong. Good on you. 20 minutes, tears from everybody in the family. In the end, my daughter just hands him her ice cream and she's like, come on, mum, we've just got to get out of here. Oh, God. So you've lost twice. Undermined. Yeah, yeah. No but power. I, again, I'm sorry. I still have respect for you for doing that because if that was me, and it often happens, my kids... You know, one gets a lolly bag, the other one doesn't. And I'm like, this is a good teachable moment. Oh, no, no, no. Not a teachable moment. It's a moment to go around the house trying to find every little bit of lolly and piece of poo that you can give them so that they're like, oh, I've got a lolly bag too now. Yeah. I can't cope. Yeah. It's, it's, whole... it's called guilt. <laughs> See, that's something I think our parents didn't suffer from. My parents, my parents didn't suffer from that guilt. I think it takes a I think a good parent has no guilt. It really ruined my Friday afternoon, though. So it, it backfired on me. Yeah. You know? So you did the right thing, though. Oh. I can't, I'm in a bind. I'm yeah. in a bind because I feel like I admire you. I do admire you. I admire you both for following through. <laughs> I wish I could do it more. At least you followed through and went, this doesn't work. I'm just going to do hollow threats from now on. Whereas I just do hollow threats. I, I don't think I've actually ever followed through. Well, then they're going to know you're a pushover. They totally know you know what you need to do. You need to go somewhere really remote and get out of the car (laughs) and walk into a dangerously snake infested field. Yeah, see, my children would lose their shit over that. Really? Yes, they would totally use it. For your concern for you? Just that I'm not there. These children still follow me into the bathroom. Uh, So that's weird. I mean, when I was 19. There's a time and a place, isn't there? You oh, need really? to keep that one up your sleeve, Siobhon, then. You need okay. to keep that one merit trick up yeah. your sleeve. Got to save the big guns for when yeah. I really need it. Okay. Thank you for your advice, sage and wise, <laughs> wise parents. Uh, okay. So there's a big meaty one after this. We're going to talk about dealing with anti-vaxxers. Easy to do online, not so easy when it's your best friend. Parenting, they say, takes a village. It's about experimenting and finding out what works best for your child. You don't learn when you're scared. So all those strategies under the guise of discipline, they're counterproductive. Feed, Play, Love is the bite-sized parenting podcast 
that's a village in your pocket. Short interviews with experts and real parents about everything from managing tantrums to making sure you get regular date nights. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Feed, Play, Love. We wanted to make sure our kids were protected from serious diseases. Which is why I made sure this one completed her vaccination. 94% of Aussie kids are fully vaccinated, but it's not high enough. Vaccination protects your child from serious diseases, but it also protects other children too. Immunisation saves lives. Get the facts. So that's from one of the government ads aimed at countering the misinformation spread by anti-vaccination activists. All up, they've put about $12 million behind the campaign and it kicked off this week. You wouldn't think it was necessary if you went off the kind of vitriol thrown at anti-vaxxers online. If there's ever a story online and you look at the comments, comments the majority are pro-vaccination and calling anti-vaxxers everything under the sun. But there are still a small number of people who think vaccination is bad for their kids. So my question is, what would you do if one of those small numbers was a good friend? Holly... Would you try to change their mind? If so, how? Or would you just cut them off? I have lived this, actually. And it's uh, I, if the last story didn't show that I'm inconsistent and weak, <laughs> then this one certainly will. Um, so I work at Mamma Mia. We have a very strong pro-vaccination stance there, very pro-science. We're, we're absolutely hardline about it. But there is a, a friend of mine, and not a close friend, but an acquaintance of mine, who it sits very firmly in the other camp. And I have just taken the policy of we just do not talk about it because, you know, as strongly as I feel about it, I don't want to go to the battlements every time I see her. And I don't want to put that level of um, not I mean, it's not a political decision, but I don't want to put that level of serious discussion into what is otherwise just a kind of hi, nice to see you at the park kind of conversation. So I have to say that I don't walk my walk in this area. Mm. Merrick, have you had this experience? No, because my friends are generally intelligent. So, <laughs> yes. um, and they Most take of science. mine are, Merrick. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a worry that you have to spend $12 million trying to convert people who are inconvertible. They're not. They, they, the more you try and tell them, particularly as a government organisation, that they are being misled, they say this is part. This goes back into the conspiracy mm. theory. All you're doing is feeding the conspiracy theory. So uh, I don't. I think that's a waste of money. I think they need to be approached one on one by clinical physicians who say you have chosen to not vaccinate your children. You need to be aware of these facts, and that's a one on one meeting. And anybody who goes beyond that, past that, cut them out oh. of your life. I would not speak to them. I don't care who they are. No. I don't place huge importance on friendships or people, so I can just disconnect really easily. I'm thinking about leaving now just to the conversation. See, I find that interesting. Well, I mean, I've had two experiences with this, and they've both been, keep this to yourself, Merrick, uh, uh, yoga teachers. Um, And they've been very good yoga teachers, which are actually not that easy to find, as many as there are out there. They've been professional. They've been good about the physical side of yoga, um, but very questioning of vaccination. And I was surprised, um, which is why I ask you if it was a friend, how would you feel? I was surprised how immediately it was like they'd said to me, I want to sell you Amway. You know, when you get that feeling of someone's Mm. trying to, and you just step back and you walk away and you think, how can I trust anything you say? And I thought, well, is that fair? 
But don't you feel like there are lots of people in your life who you don't agree with on maybe quite big issues? We've all got a racist uncle somewhere. We've all got someone who secretly thinks that Donald Trump is wonderful for the world. And you can either choose to make that the centre point piece of your relationship and to have that argument every time you see them, or you can choose to not engage on that topic. Mm -hmm. And I think that unless, I mean, obviously it depends how close this person is, but I basically say, don't talk to me about that because we're not going to agree. And if we just want to sit here nicely, let's talk about something else. And I would agree with you when it comes to opinion. The two two, uh, examples you gave are uh, opinions about either race or uh, opinions about a person. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But when you're talking about things like climate change and vaccination, they are irrefutable facts. You are going back to a time when people still believe the earth was flat. It's just, it's just when people cannot see the logic and the science in front of them that is irrefutable, they are not people that you should waste your breath on. Just cut them out, ignore them. And if anything, bully them in the workplace. (laughs) So that's a a suggestion for you. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I couldn't agree with you more about the facts of that. Cough on them. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's rubella. (laughs) <laughs> and also make a point, I think, of pulling your children away from their children at every possible opportunity. <laughs> and that's what they'll do. They'll extricate themselves from society regardless because parents are not going to allow their children anywhere near. There is no way known I would allow my children anywhere near a group of children where one of those children was the, the child of an anti-vaxxer parent. That no way. you can never go on holiday to Byron Bay. Yeah, I'm happy with yeah, that. Or certain parts I'm okay. of the country. Yeah, yeah you can look I'm okay at a map. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I wonder as well as if, if you can, um, because I was looking at a, a thread about this, um, whether there are certain things you can throw at them that kind of knock their neural pathways somewhere <laughs> sideways. Like um, I hadn't thought about this, but someone mentioned to me, if they don't vaccinate their child, they can't leave the country. Like there are certain countries mm. they will not be able to go to with their child if they're not vaccinated. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Um, And I also remember saying to um, this teacher who was questioning, he didn't say he was going to do it, he was questioning whether he'd do it. And I said, um, well, you know, polio, um, it's our country has a history. Like you talk to someone's grandparent, they'll remember polio. Mm -hmm. He wasn't from Australia. And I said, well, with polio, um, children were in iron lungs, children couldn't walk. We don't have- Calipers. Children used to wear calipers and couldn't play sport and and enjoy the time with their friends because of something that we've eradicated. Exactly. And so I don't what do know we that want to do? Do we want to, we want to bring back kids in calipers? It's no, a pretty sad look. Exactly. But I feel like if those are sort of little facts, I understand the facts they're saying in these ads. Yeah. But if you say things like that, that just push their brain a little to the side and go, oh, well, I can't leave the country again and my child might get... But I also think that back to Merrick's original point is I think that the vast majority of people who don't vaccinate their kids, well, they fall into two camps. They're either basically conscientious objectors. That's mm. how they see themselves, right? So they're very political about it. They're evangelistic about it. They think they've done all the research. And then there are some cultural reasons that people don't or there are people who just don't because their lives are too chaotic for them to ever get around to that. If you're talking about the conscientious objectors camp, you're never going to change their mind. You no. can throw all the kids in calipers at, at, as you like at them. Yeah. And they, as Merrick <laughs> really said, strange know, visions which there. Well, would be uncomfortable. But as Merrick said, these people are dug in far. I mean, it's it's and, really... And they become asinine as well. Here's the other thing. 
thing too to remember with anti-vaxxers is that they've made up their mind and they've made up their story and they are so married to the narrative about it that they can't actually back out without losing enormous face. So they get further and further away. They distance themselves further from the logic and they put themselves into a hole. It's so asinine. They can't retreat from that. They can't come back to us. So let's cut them free. <laughs> What's it's that? You think we should send colony. them to Manus Island? <laughs> That's a bit rough. I was going to say, I think there's an island with some vacancies on it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yes, we've got there with vaccination. We know we're going to have a separate island for anyone who's anti-vax. Merrick's going to send them there. He'll be the mm-hmm. minister of anti-vaccination no. vac- <laughs> deniers. I don't no, know. no, it won't be minister. We'll f- well, I'm sure we can find somebody in the Liberal Party to take that job. <laughs> no, there won't be any medivac policy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep them there. Yeah, reverse medivac. <laughs> yeah. All right, so a little bit lighter now. Our final topic is the craziest thing you've done in a parenting muddle. Roger, what about this pink skirt? I can't take these back. It was an online order. First of all, I do not remember any of that. Sleep deprivation is a one-way ticket to temporary psychosis. She can't be held responsible for her actions. This week, a mum posted uh, her wardrobe malfunction to Instagram. Laurie Farrell walked out of the house wearing essentially a car seat cover as a skirt. She just pulled it out of a bag of clothes someone had given her for her baby, which I think is kind of funny anyway because... You would assume nothing in that would fit you. But anyway, so she found it there. Um, thought it looked like a comfy maternity skirt and just walked out of the house. Uh, Merrick, what's the craziest thing you've done because you've been either sleep deprived, you've been multitasking in, you know, pre-school drop-off rush? I think, look, I think this is not uncommon, but I have left the house minus one child. <laughs> you've only got two. Exactly. <laughs> So look, I mean, 50-50, it's not bad. I mean, Home Flip Alone, co- they had like 10 or something, didn't they? I can understand forgetting one there. Flip of a coin. I'm, I'm reversing out. I'm on the street. I'm literally on the street. I hadn't gone very far. And I just, why is it so quiet? And I, I just turned to my son. I said, where's Kinga? And he said, she's still inside. And I went, how did, how did I get in the car, start the car, reverse the car, prepare to drive off, and I've only got one child? Where's the other child? And then I went straight into panic. I went, well, if, why has she been so quiet? Because she's not. She's like me. She doesn't like silence. And I ran back inside. And of course, she's just sitting down there just watching television. So I, it's, I've never, I, I think, you know, for me, I've been fortunate. I think, you know, for mums, a lot harder, particularly in those, you know, early years with the sleep deprivation, you can just see that there's... Not all the cogs are, are working in unison sometimes, and you just think, oh, that that's a tough gig. But as a father, I don't think we get it as, as tough. Mm. Holly, I'm looking forward to this one. Well, like a lot of um, new moms, I used to spend a lot of time pushing my pram around the park when my first baby was little, and I will always remember the time when this lovely, well-meaning older lady came up and she stopped me and she looked into the pram and she said, what a beautiful baby. What's her name? And I just went completely back. <laughs> I had completely forgotten my daughter's name. <laughs> that is how sleep deprived I was. I, lo- I looked up at the, la- at, the, at the older lady and I was just like, um, she's called. <laughs> and it literally took me. I would call like, the cops. I would call the cops. I'm There's very a child. lucky that she didn't. That's kidnapping. I'm very lucky that she did it. She did look. So what happened is obviously the cogs turned, as you were just saying, Merrick. My sleep-deprived cogs slowly turned and Matilda's name floated back oh. into my brain. I went, she called Matilda. She called Matilda. Oh. <laughs> and then that doesn't look psycho at all, does it? The woman reached out and touched my arm and she was just like, it's okay, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. See, I think that's great. Women have a great compassion for each other with that. With, as mm. mothers, you understand that. 
no matter how, how diligent you are and how much of a loving parent you are, at some stage, you're going to jeopardize their life by forgetting their name or worse. <laughs> Can I say, I don't have my own story, but I feel compelled to share my best friend's story. That's what best friends are for, right? Of course, Holly, she, just tell she stories won't about mind. <laughs> she won't mind at all. Yeah. Uh, she said to me, um, she'd gone to her mother's group and she was driving along going to a mother's group and she said it was really weird because all these trucks were coming past and they were like honking her and she's getting all this attention and she's like what on earth and she finally stopped at the lights and realized that the last time she'd breastfed she'd forgot to put her boob back in the bra (laughs) (laughs) so she must be wearing one of those maternity tops so she's just driving around the northern suburbs of Sydney with her boob popped out I I'm like, that is brilliant. Oh, yes. It happens to the best of us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't happened to me. (laughs) Well, that was our uh, final question for the parent panel. Holly, we'd like to do this now at the end of the show. Have you got anything going on at the moment you'd like to plug? Oh. 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 What about your podcast? Shall we start right now? Um, I've just recorded a really interesting series of podcasts, actually, all about travel and and women who are traveling, especially with families. It's called I Don't Know How She Does It Travel. I talked to this couple who walked across the Australian outback with a toddler for Walked. Walked. Did they make the toddler walk? No, well, she had a little, she was had a little trolley. They pulled her along. Wow. It's the most amazing. Anti-vaxxers. Mo- anti-vaxxers for sure. <laughs> Sounds like that's such an anti-vax move, isn't it? It's the most amazing oh, story. Have I- you got a bu- baby Bjorn? No, we've got a trolley. <laughs> what? Have you got a pram? No, we've got a trolley. Are you going to walk across the desert? Yeah. Why? Oh, because we're not really into immunisation. <laughs> they walked from the centre of Australia to the coastline with a toddler. Can you oh, imagine? Great oh, story. No, I can't because I've got a car. <laughs> <laughs> and other stories, Merrick. And other great. stories. Well, I don't know how she does it, travel. You can get it in your ears anytime. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you online if they'd like to, you know, follow you on the socials, etc.? I'm just called Holly Wainwright on Facebook and tricky this, Wainwright Holly on Instagram. Oh my God, that is tricky. It might be hard to find you. Merrick, what have you got going on? I have nothing to plug. No, hold on. Can't you tell us how you're shredding it? How you, you know. Oh, because just before I came in here, I ate a protein ball because I'm prepping (laughs) out for a workout I'm going to do as soon as I'm going to leave here. But if I was intelligent, what I would have done is done the workout before I came here, pumped up these massive cannons. And brought them in, you would have gone, oh, what a gun show. And, you know. Well, I was just impressed with the protein ball. Yeah, That's I all know. it takes for me. I'm like, wow, that's good. Yeah, he's healthy. he's so healthy. He must be doing something. You know what I would leave here? I'm going to go and eat four tons of Thai food. But you'll see oh. the protein ball and you go, wow, yeah, that guy, he must work out or something. <laughs> so what have I got to plug? Protein balls. Eat them. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to approach yeah. you. Would yeah. you like to sponsor? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to be our? Oh, look, I'll endorse it? anything. Influencer. I'll, yeah, influencer. I'll endorse anything except for anti vaccine. How many followers have you got? Yes. Um, I've got a lot. Yeah, a you lot. Yeah, so maybe you could, you know. I don't know. Don't you want a lifetime supply of protein balls? <laughs> yeah, I do. Bounce balls. They're good. Okay. It's the only brand if I know. If you're listening, oh. bounce balls. But I'll take anything, seriously. Mer- Merrick will take anything. <laughs> no, we just turn this into soliciting for free stuff. Credibility's just really oh, swelled oh, down the drain. No, I didn't come in here with credibility, <laughs> oh, so that's a mistake. Yeah. I never came in with it. Well, uh, and where can people find you online, Merrick? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Just It's just Merrick Watts. And you can find me on uh, Twitter if you're angry with the world and you want to express <laughs> oh. an opinion, it's there. Oh, we it have sure to is. note for anti-vaxxers. That's where Merrick would like to. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll find me. They'll hear this oh, and they'll Merrick. find me. on. You know, and what's going to happen, I'm going to see them on Twitter and I'm just going to go anti-vaxxer. 
to like. <laughs> oh, that's no fun. Well, thank you both for coming in. It's been such a pleasure to have pleasure. you. Thanks for having us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me online at Siobhan Hunt. That's all for this episode of The Parent Panel. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.